0: Our first message this afternoon is from Mr. Sean Witt. His message is entitled, Our Role in the Body of Christ. Sean. Thank you, Ron. Good afternoon, everyone. It's kind of a little dreary outside, but it's still nice and warm in here, and everybody's got their smiles. It's a beautiful day. Well, first of all, I'm going to grab this present, but we're not going to open it yet, so don't get too excited. I know you're all excited to know what's in here. It's a present from from God, and I know you're all wanting to know what it's going to be and pretty excited about it, but you're just going to have to keep your excitement down. We'll get to it. (laughs) Okay, so, you know, a lot of us have been in the church now for several years, and I've heard that actually the average age of the ministry within the church is about 60 years old. So we are... uh, aging group of people that have been in the church for a long time and my point is uh, we've heard a lot of messages over the years and you know it can get to the point where sometimes there's nothing new under the sun it seems like we've heard a lot of stuff hundred times over and over but it's good to revisit stuff and go over different things you know it's good to have repetition that's why we have the holy days and such to go over these things so that we can uh, get it into our um, into our being and just learn these things And what I want to talk to you about today is we all have a specific job to do. Do we know what our job is? This afternoon I'd like to talk about our role in the body of Christ. We are told that we all have a part in the body. What is our part? God wants us to know what our part is so that we can all function together as the whole body. So please turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12. And we're going to go through verses 12 through 27. For the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks or whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact the body is not one member but many. So if the foot was to say, because I'm a hand, I'm not a hand, am I not of the body? Is there therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? So all the different body parts, you know, they work together. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? Or... Say the smelling as well. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body as has pleased him. He's set us all in here as where he wants us to be. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you. Nor again the head say to the feet, I have no need for you either. Now much rather, those members of the body which seems to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think are less honorable... On these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have a greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given great honor to that part which lacks it. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. or if one member is honored, then we are all honored, and we rejoice with it. Now, you are the body of Christ and members individually. You know, there's a lot of different body parts that make up the body. God has called us a certain part of the body. There would definitely be a lot of confusion in the church if we all had the same job, right? I mean, we all have different jobs to coordinate, work together, to have the body function. In my line of work, I do quality assurance. And the company has different levels of departments that work together to conform to a high standard of putting together parts for uh, planes. Now, if the whole company were quality insurance inspectors like I am, well, who would purchase the parts? You have to have somebody purchasing. We can't all be the same people inspecting. Uh, The company wouldn't function very well if you didn't have different levels of uh, departments within the company working together, purchasing, shipping, The front office, HR, everybody has their job and they work together to make it work. If they all had the same job, the company wouldn't exist, there would be no way to make the parts. Another real world example that I have, a few years back I worked for a company that builds x-ray machines. And the company was acquired by a much larger company, because our company did really well in the area of selling machines, they had the best product out there this larger company acquired us, I won't give them what their name was, Um, I'll just call them GE for short, so. (laughs) But um, when GE acquired us, they said we're going to leave your quality system alone, we think you guys do great, and there's no need to change you, but within about a year or so, they did change us, they decided uh, to make quality part of manufacturing. Uh, which made it very difficult because if the quality people said this machine's not working quite right we really shouldn't send it out uh, the manufacturing boss would say just ship it get it out the door we'll worry about it in the field uh, we'll get our quality techs out in the field to fix it because they were just more worried about the making the quarter uh, to generate the, the funds to uh, the revenues for the sales quota for the quarter it was, they were more interested in that so didn't really work very well answering to a different department. So it just caused confusion. As a result, the FDA shut down the production. And um, until then, they had to revamp the quality system. Because once they were shut down, they had to fix all the mess they had made. So it just didn't work well having different parts of the company trying to tell other parts what to do. They weren't working together in unison. So again, I ask you, do you know what your part is in the body? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28 through 31 to examine this some more. And God has appointed these in his church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, which I thought was interesting. I hadn't really noticed this before, but it says helps, administrations, varieties of tongues, all our prophets, excuse me, all our apostles, all our prophets, all our teachers, all our workers of miracles. Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts? And yet I'll show you a more excellent way. Now, going back to this word helps that I found, I did a little bit of research on it. I didn't go real deep, but I did find on BibleStudyTools.com that it said that it is others who helped with their time and means. The helps there within the scripture. So that could be, you know, somebody that takes the time to help and work with others. You know, we should ask God to help identify our part if we don't know what it is. And ask him to show us what our strengths and talents are. They may be subtle. They might be something we don't even know that we have. For every part of the body matters. You may feel you're an insignificant part of the body, but... As we read, there's no insignificant parts. Like we read before, the parts of the body, there's none of them are really insignificant. They all work together. Within the body of Christ, they all matter. Your job may be more important than you realize. You know, the big toe doesn't seem like it does much, but when you stub it, you know that it's there helping you out. It, bring, it brings you balance. And when you lose it, you don't have your balance. And, you know, a lot of us... Uh, May have had our tonsils removed as a kid, and uh, that's the first line of defense as far as removing uh, bacteria and different things within the body. That's your first line that helps you out, and it's definitely not a significant, insignificant part. Maybe you are the tonsils. Somebody that it's got a very important part of the job. But regardless of what your part is, it is. A key piece of information to have to know why it is important to know what your job is so that we can do our job and not waste valuable time um, thinking about uh, wondering why we don't have somebody else's job. It's important to focus on what our job is. Not spending time wishing that we had our brother or sister's job or gift or thinking our job isn't important. Um, or even worrying about that we don't even have a job. So it's important to find out from God what our job is. What can be keeping us from knowing what our job is? Is there something that could be um, preventing us from knowing? Perhaps fear. And going into my first point, uh, could fear be getting in the way of us knowing what our job is? Maybe our part slash gift is something that scares us. Maybe God wants us to come out of our comfort zone and... He wants to see if we um, can work through and react in difficult our different situations. Uh, perhaps there's something he wants to see if we'll step out and, and do that's really not comfortable to us. So now let's turn to Matthew 25, verses uh, 14 through 30. This parable you know, applies to money, but I think it can also apply to skills as well. And I'm going to ad-lib a little bit through here as well. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another one two, to another one one, to every man according to his several ability and straightway took his journey. Then he that received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained another two. And he went into the community and helped others with his new two talents. But he that received one went and dug into the earth and put the Lord's money in his backyard. And he went in and wasted time by watching TV and um, closing himself off from the world and just kind of relaxed in his own house and took it easy. So after a long time, the Lord of those servants Came and reckoned with them. And so he that had received the five talents came and brought another five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides them another five talents. And I went out of my comfort zone and developed five more skills I didn't even realize I had. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. He also that received the two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest me unto two talents. Behold, I've gained another two other talents besides them. It opened the door to learning new things I can do to help people. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make the ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came to the Lord saying, I knew thou to be a hard and Hard man, reaping thou which I have not sown, and gathered where thou hast not stored. And I was afraid, and I went and I hid the talent in the backyard, and thou, in here that is thine. I thought about doing good things and trying something new, but I was just too scared to get out of my comfort zone. So I just hung out at home and relaxed. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I have stowed, and gathered where thou have not strawed. Thou oughtest have put my money to the exchangers and my own coming. I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto them that has a ten talents. For every one that has shall be given, he that has shall, excuse me, and he shall have abundance. But from him that have not shall he be taken away, even that, Which he has. And to cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is a strong warning. Not to be complacent uh, or fearful, but to step up and use the gifts that God has given us. We want God to say to us, Well done, faithful servant. Faithful and good servant. The parable of the wicked and slothful servant, um, he didn't have the right attitude. His life was based in fear. There are many types of fear, fear of the unknown, fear of failure, uh, fear fear of being different, uh, fear of standing out, fear of making a mistake. So he chose a path of least resistance. Uh, He did not have figured out what his part was in the body. He was only going through the motions and even that was a stretch. He actually laid low and tried not to get noticed. In one of the Beth Moore studies that the women did, um, Beth she has an acronym for the word fear, and it's false evidence appearing real. If Satan can get us believing that we don't have a part or a gift, that it doesn't matter, etc., then we basically win the battle for him. Believing these lies keeps. Is in fear. It renders us useless for furthering God's kingdom. So what can we learn from this parable to not make the same mistake? Let's go ahead and turn to Ecclesiastes 9, verses 10. Ecclesiastes 9, verse 10. Whatsoever thy hand finds to do, do it with all your might, for there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where you go. God expects us to be doers. He does not want us to lay low or be fearful. He wants us to get busy. There's a saying I like. It goes, um, you can sleep when you're dead. And Kim likes to remind me of that at times because I really do like my naps. So <laughs> She's like, you can sleep when you're dead. Get busy. Go do something. So I, I try to limit my naps to the appropriate times. But uh, it's good to get busy and do something. So what could be holding us back from our full potential that God is looking for in us? Each of us has a God-given talent that He has given to us personally to make us a part of the body. God doesn't expect us all to be up here uh, singing with the uh, praise and worship or speaking from the pulpit, or, um, you know, doing things of that nature, leading songs. These are more obvious gifts that God has given to certain people. But um, because they are not seen, but from many examples before, the church could not function if we all had the same job. So God has given people jobs that aren't seen as well. So what is our gift? Do you guys know what it might be? I mean, we've got this gift right here. Should we open it? What do you think? Let's go ahead and open this gift. I think this, this could be for Ron. We'll open it and see. I don't really hear anything in here, but... Your, your gift is in here. I, I wrapped this up myself, so. I think I yeah, it could be. Let's see what's behind door number two. Oh. Cool. So, anyway, God does have a special gift for all of us, and He expects us to find out what that gift is and we use it. Hey, it's a Roku box. <laughs> Let's see if there's a Roku in here. It's empty. It's just an empty box. Well, my point is is that our gift may be invisible. So, our gift is in there, but sometimes you can't see what your gift is that God has given us. God expects us to find out what that gift is. And, like I was saying, your gift may be invisible. And, you know, regarding being all of us having different gifts and personalities, maybe your gift is more invisible than seen from the outside, and God has called us into the church because, maybe he called you into the church because of this gift and what he saw within you, and maybe this special gift can be shared in helping your your fellow brethren. I almost said feathered brethren. I don't think we have any feathered brethren here. You know, God, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And with that, let's turn to Psalms 139, verses 13 and 14. For you were formed, for you formed my inward parts, and you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. So God us within the womb. He gave us these gifts and he he loves us and he wants us to have a special gift. Uh, He carefully endowed each and every one of us with a special gift that we alone are suited to carry out for the benefit of the whole body. So when we all work together, we have uh, our different parts that we help each other with. With that said, I'm going to have Brian play um, a YouTube video. It's of an orchestra and everybody playing together at the same time And you can just hear how great everything sounds when everybody within the orchestra is doing their part and they make beautiful music together, all in perfect harmony. And just listen to the first piece and see what you think. Okay, so now we're going to listen to the next one and see what you think. It's going to be the same piece, but not quite as organized. Um, People not knowing exactly what they're doing. Just kind of learning it and getting to understand it better. So which one do you like better? (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Uh, So basically, that second one was kind of a mess. Um, I understand that they're just a learning younger group, trying to get it up to their skills. But, um, you know, the flute solo is supposed to be where it's supposed to come in. And, you know, this can happen in the church. If we're not working together in unison, if we're not trying to force, we shouldn't try to force a gift we don't have also. Uh, it can all end up in disharmony. So it's, it's good to know exactly what you can do and what you can't do. And if you don't know, then pray about it and ask for God's help to direct you to what your gift is. You know, maybe your gift is being an active listener. Uh, listening to someone who has struggles and truly taking the time to engage in what they have to say and making, um, making them feel what they're saying is important and helping them. Or maybe you're a problem solver someone that can jump right in without stepping on somebody's toes and having a great positive outlook. And in the result, when someone is looking for some good advice in their situation that they're going through, you can help them out and kind of guide them in the right direction. Just put your arm around them and help them. Maybe your gift is being an organizer, helping put together events or overseeing to make sure church events run more smoothly. Maybe your gift is having a great positive outlook. On life, no matter what's going on in your life, you've always got a smile on your face, and you can brighten someone's days that come through those doors. Because you don't know, you might come across somebody who's had the worst day of their life that comes through those doors, and you could be the one person that can lift them up and help them and pull them through, making a difference. Maybe your gift is just giving good hugs and encouraging people, or you know, maybe your gift is prayer. Maybe prayer is very important. A lot of people can say sometimes, well, I can't do anything, but I'll pray about it. Well, praying about it is probably the most important thing you can do. So definitely the gift of prayer is is a very important job as well. We cannot devalue our gifts. All of them are very important. God gave us our gifts for a reason to help other people. And God has given us free moral agency to decide what we're going to do in this life. And we all have different personalities that God created within us to be unique and to have different jobs within the body. God wants us all to work together, no matter what our job is. So let's turn now to Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. God created us In his image. He wants us to be like him. He wants us to use our gifts and work together so we can be in his family for eternity. Christ used his gifts for the benefit of the body grace, love, mercy, and compassion he gave to all of us. Now let's turn to Matthew 5, verses 4 through 38. But now I say unto you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your own Father in heaven. For he makes his Son rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax Collectors do so, therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. And from previous sermons we've heard, it has been explained in a more accurate translation that this verse is saying we are to become perfect. It is an ongoing process. We will not be perfect until we're spirit beings, but it's something we need to work towards. So, if we're supposed to love our enemies, how much more important is it that we love our fellow brethren, our brothers and sisters in Christ? We need to learn to work together as one body, along with one another now. I think it's interesting that the word gift, it also has the acronym. God is faithful and true. Our gifts help us work together. In the battlefield, uh, our, our gifts do help us work together in the battlefield. We're at war. We are in a spiritual battle every single day. And we need to have our gifts to help us and work together together and rely on God to pull us through with the spiritual warfare that we go through. Please turn with me now to Revelation 19, verse 11. Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was faithful and true. Think about that. He is faithful and true in all things. This includes faithful to give us a gift. Did you ever question... That you have a gift, if you ever do question that, yes, you do have a gift. God has given each and every one of us a gift. We're going to look at the scripture some more to find more evidence of this here in a minute. Going back to the scripture, And he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in his righteousness he judges and makes war. He's not the only one who is at war right now. We are told we are in a spiritual battle as well. Please turn with me to um, Ephesians 6, verse 12. Ephesians 6, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness and heavenly places. And the world's becoming more evil all the time. It's, it's subtle. A lot of it is out there. I mean, um, Thanksgiving now, it's Black Friday. The way they've got it now, it seems like they were saying on the news that the sales for Black Friday were were lower than past years because it's on Thanksgiving now. That's when all the big sales are. So I know Thanksgiving, a man-made holiday and all, but it's it's of all the man-made holidays, it's one that has some meaning to it and it's to be thankful and such. And it just seems like the world's becoming more evil and evil all the time. Uh, we're into the dark time of Christmas and just all the stuff going on and. It just seems like everybody is more motivated by stuff. You're about people wanting to get stuff, and the world is just becoming more evil. So we just need to help work together um, to combat all of Satan's influence as well. This is just some of the physical symptoms of a spiritual battle we are facing. And this is why, just like soldiers in the battle, we must keep our equipment cleaned, oiled, and functioning properly. Each of us working together in unison, doing our part with our gifts, we have been given to make sure the army of the Christian soldiers is equipped for what lies ahead. Paul elaborates on the importance of unity within the body, and that's in Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 6. And that's in Ephesians 4, verse 1 through 6. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of one Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called in the hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. We must walk worthy. We must walk and work together as a team in unison. 'Cause we know that Satan roams as a roaring lion and he seeks who he can devour and he hates us and he wants nothing more than to take us out of the picture. Just like the human's bot the bo- excuse me, just like the human's body's ability to wipe out pneumonia, it can be hindered if one of our body's defense systems isn't working correctly. And on a spiritual level, we all have to work together in the body of Christ in unison with our armor on. Ready to fight the battle. In conclusion, please turn with me to Ephesians four verse eleven through sixteen. Let's see. I'm going to skip that because I think we already already read that, but um, let me check here real quick. I don't mean to keep smacking the mic. Okay. Ephesians 4, verse 11 through 16. And he gave himself some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So we all come to the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to be perfect men. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking in truth and love, may grow up in all things into him who has the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined in it together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective work by which every part does its share, causing growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Just like it's important for every part of the physical body to be working together, For us to have healthy bodies that work properly, so too is it imperative that each of the members of the body of Christ be in proper working order to accomplish this. And I've got a few points I want to give you. These are things that we need to accomplish. Number one, acknowledge that Christ himself gave you a gift. It's a very important thing that Christ did for us. He gave us all a gift. So acknowledge the fact that he did give us a gift. That's point number one. Point number two, pray fully fully ask God to reveal to you what that gift is. You may have more than one gift, and you may be given gifts in different points of your life. As you get older, God may decide to give you more gifts as time goes by. So it's important to pray fully ask what your gifts are. Point number three, acknowledge that your gift is for the betterment of the whole body. Four, actively use your gift. Pray for God God to guide you on how to use this and for help in overcoming anything that may be holding you back. And number five, give thanks to God for personal gifts he has given you. Remember, we are all joined in it together by what every joint supplies. We need to be doing our part in the body of Christ. And just one more thing I want to add. I meant to turn the lights back on. I'm going to do that real quick. Is that good to see him off? Okay, we're just going to leave them for now. I went to a funeral yesterday for a friend of mine at work who was accidentally shot on Thanksgiving. And I had a conversation with him before Thanksgiving. I said to him, hey, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. He said the same to me. We conveyed the same things. And I just said, well, I'll see you on Monday. He got shot and killed on Thanksgiving. It was a horrible accident that happened. We just don't know when our last day is. God doesn't promise us an, another day. We all need to live our days like it's our last. Um, we just never know what things can happen. So my point is is just live every day to the fullest and uh, make sure that we're doing our part. And just learn what your gift is and, and start using it.